My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. My name is Dean. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. I didn't see myself as a black hockey player. I saw myself as a hockey player. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. When you're on a hockey card, it's, it's pretty cool. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Hi, this is Dean Barnes, and this is a special episode of the My Hockey Hero podcast. There have been 30 black and biracial players who have participated in the World Junior Hockey Championship. 20 of these players have been Canadian, nine have been from the United States, and one from Sweden. Recently, I was invited to speak on the Hockey Time Machine show and was interviewed by Glenn Dreyfus. I talked about the junior hockey card collection I have, which includes the black and biracial players who have played in this World Junior Hockey Championship. And you will learn about the impact that this tournament has on increasing representation of black and biracial and other racialized groups to join the game of hockey. I hope you enjoy this episode. Another aspect of the World Juniors is a welcome trend toward diversity. We discuss that history in the World Juniors with educator, podcast host, and hockey card collector, Dean Barnes. Dean, by your reckoning, there have been 30 black and biracial players who have participated in the World Juniors Tony McKechnie was the first in 1979. At the time, was that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? It probably publicly wasn't a big deal. But when you look back now, the fact that he was playing at that time was one of the top players, played alongside Wayne Gretzky and uh, Bobby Smith and some of these other stars. Looking back, I think that's really a critical point to show that there is the first black uh, hockey star playing, you know, and playing and having a meaningful impact on the Canadian World Junior Team. Interestingly, and maybe sadly, it would be another full decade before there would be another black player, Reggie Savage, in 1989. Should we read anything into the fact that there was a gap there? Uh, I, I think you can read a little bit into the opportunities that um, the lack of diversity in the NHL at that point in time. Um, but with growing population diversity, it, it probably does make sense. You start to see a bit of a growth, as you mentioned, with uh, according to my research, Reggie Savage played. And then soon after that, Dale Craigwell in 1991. And in a similar vein, Team USA had its first of through 2023, nine players, black or biracial. Mike Greer was the first in 1996. Is that mostly a reflection that youth hockey in the United States had a while to catch up to Canada? Yeah, having played myself in the um, 70s, um, whoever you were as a Canadian, we'd seem to outnumber Americans in hockey participation. So along with that, I think what you'll see with Mike Greer playing in 1996, 
you start to see more more people accessing the game, and certainly those numbers start to really pick up uh, proportionately in two thousand in two thousand eight with Kyle Pokeso playing. In talking to the players on your podcast and elsewhere, what have they told you about their reception on an international stage uh, from the fans in other countries, from the players on other international teams? Uh, mostly all I heard was really positive for this particular playing for your nation, playing for your team. I did mostly speak to um, players that were part of the 20 Canadian players. Just in my re recent research, I was really, to, to be honest, I was surprised to know there were more. There were nine on the U.S. team and one Swedish player, Oliver uh, Killington. Um, and I'm also really, um, you know, impressed by the fact that I have about 100 cards in my collection of black and biracial players who played in the NHL. And this research is showing that 20 of the players have played for the Canadian national junior team, which... For the most part, most players that do make the Canadian national junior team, it's not a slam dunk, but chances are you're probably going to make the NHL. But getting getting back to your point, it, their experiences are a source of pride, feeling like you know true Canadians being supported by their teammates and their coaches, and in many cases they're able to get to the to the podium and win the gold medal. Just so many fond memories and friendships that they've kept with players from those teams. I happen to know you've got a few of those hockey cards with those. Are there, there any you want to single out? Yeah, I, I just happened to start a little bit of a small collection, and you'll see that I have uh, P.K. Subban, uh, as a popular player who played for uh, for Team Canada in 2008 and 2009. Um, just most recently, Quinton Byfield, who's starting to make a little bit of hay out in your, um, your region, out in L.A. I know you're in Seattle, but um, he played for Team Canada Junior. And uh, Wayne Simmons, who recently played with Toronto Maple Leafs, had played for Team Canada, junior team. And also uh, Anson Carter, who does a lot of uh, TV work right now. Anson Carter um, played for them, I, I believe, in 1994 and also a Michigan State grad. I, I saw him on uh, the TNT Network this week on the set. Uh, that's the national broadcaster in the United States of NHL games in an appropriately, appropriately ugly green and red uh, Christmas jacket. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, uh, I thought you were going to make reference to the Whaler jersey I have, which, which not really perceived as an ugly green, but it's a popular green. Oh, no, that... That is considered one of the great designs, not only in the NHL, but that HW interlocking, there you go, is one of the great designs in art and marketing. And by the way, whose jersey is that? So this is uh, Ray Newfeld, one of the earlier players we uh, we did interview on the podcast. And um, by the way, had his first game with uh, Gordy Howe and Dave Keon. When he got called up for his first NHL game, he shared that with us on the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with those names. <laughs> That's right. No, no popular names at all. <laughs> if you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, 
I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. You mentioned P.K. Subban, and he's got a special connection in terms of the World Juniors because his brother, Malcolm, also was a member of Team Canada. You're right. Uh, Malcolm was a member in 2013. Um, not mistaken, Malcolm's a goaltender, so he must have been one of the players on the team. So they're pretty special to have two brothers who played on the team. And we should mention, and you did allude to this, a lot of names on this Team Canada roster for the World Juniors are very recognizable. Not only Tony McKegney and Anson Carter, as you mentioned, and Wayne Simmons, P.K. Subban, but more recently, Anthony DeClaire, Darnell Nurse, Pierre Oliver-Joseph, and as you said, Quinton Byfield. So the numbers of black and biracial players in the world juniors has certainly ramped up in, in recent years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we can't forget Jerome McGinley, Hall of Famer in two, 1996. And from an American perspective, Seth and Caleb Jones, and you might recall their, their dad, Popeye Jones, played for the Toronto Raptors. And I think part of their exposure to hockey was when uh, he played for Denver. And they got to go on the ice there with some of the Colorado or the Denver, the Denver team at the time. Colorado Avalanche. I've heard black and biracial players say is how important it is, especially the newer ones, to have grown up seeing players who looked like them playing. Do you think that extended to Canadian kids and maybe US kids as well watching the world juniors? Oh, absolutely. I think like anyone who's uh, who's Canadian for for uh, for that matter, dreams of uh, playing for the World Junior Team, and uh, you know can't wait to watch the the games at Christmas time. So it's, it's a special moment when all eyes are on the team. Um, I know again Canada may be more passionate than most countries, but it, it's not unthinkable to have an audience of you know two million people watching, you know the the final gold medal game. So. Um, many of the players, yeah, definitely have idolized and looked up to players and everyone wants to be dreaming of winning that gold medal. So to see yourself reflected and see that someday you might be able to do that. I'm sure Tony McKegney had that impact on many people. Dale Craigwell early on, uh, Anson Carter, you know, so, so much for people to look forward to, to see themselves. How close are we? Or how far away do you think we are, Dean, to where this won't even be worth mentioning anymore? Well, I, I don't know if I can specifically say how, how close we are. And I think many of the people I talk to, it's 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 great to make the NHL, but you can certainly tell when there's been change when you see the numbers increasing at the minor levels. Mm. So if we equate to what we see in other sports for soccer, basketball and football, the diversity for black and biracial and other racialized groups, it's its not as much proportionally to, to those people who participate in other sports. So I think we'll, we'll find out when, when we get there, when we see the proportions to people accessing the game, um, not just as players, but as fans as well, and media people and uh, other people that play a role in hockey. I think there's opportunities for everyone to sort of be part of the game. 
But we're still a ways away, aren't we, from uh, black youngsters and biracial youngsters getting asked, why aren't you playing basketball? Yeah, I, I think it varies those people that share those types of experiences. But but you're right. I think we have to continue to move towards being more intentional to inviting families to learn more about the game, um, go out for, for skating, be parts of the be parts of the fans watching the game. I think we we have a ways to go to becoming more inclusive, um, just to be as passionate as within your country. When you know you turn on Monday Night Football, who who's watching the game? Like you see everyone watching the game. Is the economics of hockey still a barrier disproportionately to black and biracial players? I think across the board, through my interviews, I've learned that's a barrier for everyone. But if you couple that with some of the other things I mentioned in terms of in, inviting and access, but, you know, I, I did hear from um, a few of my guests that, you know, they were around uh, black millionaires and their kids still didn't play hockey. So I think it kind of speaks to more about a two-pronged approach. One, in terms of just inviting more inclusive spaces. And secondly, for everyone, the cost uh, for hockey is not as accessible for everyone. And that's why we're seeing, you know, greater numbers of uh, kids playing soccer, uh, who, uh, which, uh, which by the way, has grown in Canada as well. Both Canada for soccer and basketball numbers are, are really high up there right now. Is there anything I didn't ask, anything I left out, Worlds Juniors connected that I should have asked you? No, nothing's, uh, nothing's jumping out at me. Just, uh, again, just want to reinforce, I think, just to, to highlight the fact that uh, so many black and biracial players have made contributions to this tournament, not only from Canada, more recently from the U.S. and Sweden, according to my, according to my research. And I think that just, again, to what you mentioned before, helps people sort of see themselves in the game and, and um, celebrates the rich, rich history and contributions. Well, thank you, Dean, for your contributions, and we will continue listening to your podcast, and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I hope people look forward to listening to My Hockey Hero and uh, learning more about the players that uh, are in our collection. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey. By lowering financial barriers, for BIPOC, female, and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.